0: Well, Justin's away. We will play and I will get into some of your comments. We're going to talk a little bit free agency, a little bit about the bullpen and the big news about the Padres, which really feels about the story outside of the World Series in baseball today. You are locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I want to thank all of our everydayers out there who are joining us this off season. Sorry, doing some camera adjustments. Just kind of realized, wanted to get. If you're watching at home, you can see uh, my little print in the background that has all three Cleveland stadiums over the last hundred years. uh But yeah, we're gonna have some more of these solo shows. I want to thank all of our everydayers sticking with us throughout this off season. Uh, what a fun time in baseball! Zach Allen, what a performance tonight! Uh, I also want to thank you for making. Lockdown Guardians are first listen today and every day, whatever it is, you get podcasts. Let's start with the Padres news, because to me, this was fascinating. So the Padres, if you missed it, um, asked for a hundred million dollar loan or were approved up to a hundred million dollars. And Major League Baseball was like, hold up, you can take 50 million. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I understand on one level, not wanting teams to borrow from Major League Baseball. But for these situations to occur, you would think that you'd want them to be the bank right? Like, okay, this is the flat interest rate and not going outside. And baseball's got to have money. I mean, every year they make billions in profit. I have a hard time believing there isn't just a massive pile of cash somewhere. But what went wrong with the Padres? Why are they in such a situation where they need 50 million just to be able to uh, pay everyone? That's where they are. They couldn't cover payroll without $50 million. Listen, they started the year as the third highest payroll in baseball. And they spent money, um, unfortunately. Listen, I'm just going to go out and say it. AJ Preller has not done a good job. He hasn't. He has had carte blanche. He has traded away a lot of talent. He has a good eye for talent. He acquires good young players. Uh, then he just goes and makes trades or overpays. Like That Xander Bogart's deal I will never understand. He's a good, not great player, and he's the highest-paid player on that team. Those aren't the type of moves you go out and make to, to stay on top. And I sat and did some number crunching. You know, they've got close to 70 million coming off the books at the end of this year, but that's not counting arbitration raises. That's not counting player salary raises. This is just contracts coming off the books. And that's if they don't, you know, Michael Walker, gone, Nick Martinez gone. They don't pick up any of those player options on anyone. It's going to be about 70 million that they save, which is important because they had close to $270 million payroll points this year. And they want to be closer to 200 million. But again, Still doesn't get them all the way there. It's it, this is still an issue because guys like Soto are going to get Soto's, I think, their only arbitration guy, so he'll get a big raise. Um, but they also have big needs and they got to figure out they're losing multiple pitchers. But again, when you're paying Joe Musgrove 20 million, you're paying uh 28 million to Xander Bogarts, it all adds up. So, what is San Diego going to do? Um, it so. The big problem, and, and this is why it's big for all the baseball on top of this, is they need $50 million. Their television contract was supposed to pay them $60 million this year. They didn't get that. They didn't get... We don't know how much Bally's paid. We know it wasn't anywhere near that because San Diego was the first one Major League Baseball took over. And you're never going to get as much money with the direct model. I will just go back to when we discussed it before, but for those who missed it or don't know, basically what happens is sporting events help drive... A lot of those cable packages, but you're getting more from that cable provider because hey, even if someone who doesn't care about sports is getting that tier, you know, that, that's the value in it. Like it's kind of spread more. Is it I don't know, could we call it? I'm gonna get myself in trouble. It's like a communistic approach. It's like everyone pays, so the overall isn't supposed to be as high. And then the teams made money, but then it just led to the super rich. So it's like actual communism in action, which was Hey, every all you guys spread it around, and then people at the top hoard it all. Um, I guess that's the end of my political rant there, uh, with that idea, but yeah, it without that bigger buy in, because a lot of people don't care, right? You know, not everyone who's in that Bally's area had Bally's because they cared about the Padres, and the Padres had what the sold over. 3.3 million tickets this year. They were one of the, you know, had one of the best draws, which shows again that like people at the park doesn't matter as much as that TV contract, but all TV contracts are going to go backwards. They're they're all going to go down. The direct model is going to be less overall money. I don't know what the Padres made this year. If they made half, I bet they'd be lucky. Uh, If they only made 10, that could make sense for a team that only made 10 of their expected 60 million. You need 50 million just to cover things. Uh, it could be that they, you know, made more uh, and there's additional things that came up. Could be they made less. Could be the expectation of making the playoffs and that additional gate plus the loss of TV money. Those two combined. But it, it feels like it was a significantly less amount for the Padres this year. What does it mean for Cleveland? One, well, everyone, myself included, kind of thinks they're going to spend a free agency. We'll talk a, a little bit about that in segment two. They may not. The money for them this year know, TV money is a huge part of um, the income stream. And if it was not there, if they got an extremely less amount, and we know they did, we know they did not get what they're supposed to get. They did not get what the expectation was. They did not get what they thought they would have this time a year ago. And that could mean that, you know, there, there's some recouping this year. It could mean that they're afraid to expand outwards. Um, in terms of money spent, because they don't want to get themselves in a San Diego like position. Listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna carry water here. This team should have over a hundred million dollar payroll. Every team should have over a hundred million dollar payroll. Uh, Cleveland's payroll should go up, but if they get, you know, a little hesitant, it, it's TV money, and TV money is why the Padres are in trouble now. And I don't know. This team may, uh, you know, someone in the comments was like, you know, um, it was Bruce, one of our everydayers, Bruce He's He talked about trading for Chaz McCormick. Uh, I'm all for trading for Chaz McCormick. I thought he had a a really good year. And, you know, he mentioned Houston needs pitching. I don't think Houston actually needs any pitching. Uh, Just as a quick point out with them that, you know, they got Framberg, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, their top young prospect was solid. And they trade for Verlander, J.P. France was great as a rookie. Um, I would argue they they actually have extra pitching to spare. I, they don't have an outfielder who's going to come up and help any anytime soon. They're top prospect in the outfield. They traded away to get Verlander. So as much as I'd love to trade for McCormick, and McCormick's name, in, in fairness, was someone that was supposed to be around the deadline, I think he is now locked in there. And McCormick was one of those guys that Dana Brown wanted, played more, and had some issues with Dusty Baker not playing him enough. So, I mean, it, you just look at this team, it's like – there, there isn't a good choice for Houston if they trade away um, McCormick. So I, I don't think they're trading him. And the other thought, and that was to sign Tasker, uh, Hernandez. Again, I'd love that, but he is going to be maybe the most after Cody Bellinger sought after outfielder in free agency. That's just it's not happening. Like the, this team can't go out and get that type of guy. Um, they're not going to sign a guy for massive money and. I don't think they are going to be super active in free agency. It's going to have to be bargains. It's going to have to be under the radar guys, just because again, the TV money that is killing the Padres it's making them take out a $50 million loan, a team that wanted to take out a hundred million dollar loan. So you look at the playoff loss revenue, you look at the TV loss revenue and this team ended up about a hundred million under their expectation. That that's a lot. And major league baseball is like, you can get by on 50. That, that's that's kind of a scary situation, like they, that is a if you're out there being like, "Well, what can we get? We did a whole show. You can go back and look uh, where we talked about who could come out of of San Diego, but this is what comes down to San Diego probably has to trade Soto because there's no way in heck they're keeping him. They can't give him that contract, he's gonna walk in here, and they paid you know a king's ransom to get him, so they need to trade him for less expensive pieces. So could Cleveland be in that talk? Yeah, but I don't think they can afford to add him either. I don't think Cleveland's going to add $30 million plus to their payroll this offseason. That's just the truth of it. And every year someone gets mad at me and says, they can do it. This will be the year. And I've been doing this podcast for over a thousand episodes. This is my fourth year here. And guess what? Every episode we do the same song and dance. It It's not going to happen. They're not going to be a big name spender in the free agent market. You know, it's, it's still... The current ownership is still there. There's a new minority owner, but with the uncertainty with the TV contracts, it's the same story as it's always been. this This team is going to spend. In terms of trades of San Diego, I mean they they have they're so top heavy. <laughs> they don't have much. You know, uh, who Jay Cronenworth was largely ineffective last year. You really want to trade for three years on that contract? His son Kim's going to be a free agent in two years, and he's a great deal salary wise. San Diego's not trading that. Machado's a great deal this year and next year, and then he jumps to 39 million in salary. Bogarts, we already talked about, you know, Tatis is is on a a reasonable contract for his talent, but they're not going to trade him. Uh, uh, Matthew Baton is currently listed as their starting third baseman by roster resource. This is why they have to trade Soto because they need to trade Soto to land more pitching and an outfielder, maybe two, especially if they let go Trent Grisham, which they might. And they kind of need to take one great player and turn them into three to four solid players just so they can, you know, have an attempt to compete next year. But the whole mess of a the situation they're in, uh, again, it, it's that, it, and it's going to be fascinating with Preller under the hot seat. Jackson is a really good prospect. Ethan Salas is one of the most interesting prospects in baseball. Dylan Lasco, the scouting guy has been there. Robbie Snelling is fantastic. Uh, you know, Graham Polly and Jacob Marksy have looked really good at points. Like if Cleveland did a, a lesser deal, those are the two names I'd be targeting with the Padres. But how many of these guys like that are going to get moved because Preller's on the hot seat? It, it's just not the situation you want to see. Uh, we're going to come back, finish up with the Padres, talk about some where they can go in free agency. And there's a bullpen debate that we have to have on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. Uh, if you had a potential no hitter as a, as a bet you had made on FanDuel, you would have been very upset in the seventh inning of today's game. Uh, Zach Allen whew. score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders and more. Right now, I, you know, with the, uh, I, don't, I don't watch much of the NFL. So my focus would be in the postseason. I, I would be looking at some of those individual bonus bets. I'd be looking at these games. Right now, do not bet against. Bet on uh, Kettle Marte and Evan Carter, two players who are just being absolutely phenomenal this postseason. If you can get things about them performing positively, those are the guys you want to bet on in the Major League postseason. So visit on and kick off the NFL season today. remind everyone that, uh, go check out our good friends over at Sirius XM, just type guardians. They'll probably direct you to, you know, guardian space shows. Maybe this show, uh, will be on there that you can listen to. I believe we do have that as part of the partnership, listen to the, uh, the post on there, you know, it, it, how much longer we'll have, uh, sadly not enough, but make sure you're checking that out. So just a final keystone on my rambling. God, it's, it's amazing that Gavin gave a no hitter into the seventh, and the Diamondbacks just have not shown up enough with bats to that they might lose this one. Uh, uh, and, and it's a shame because now no one's going to pay attention to the Akron Kent uh, badge. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen, my grandfather was 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 somebody at Akron back in the day, and I grew up all around that campus. But uh, it it was just kind of funny to look up and see that that's the matchup tonight. Um, but to go back to baseball and to put a final pin on this whole situation with the Padres, they're in trouble. They're going to cut payroll. I do think they're going to trade Soto. Um, I don't think it's going to be Cleveland because I I don't think they necessarily want a Shane Bieber. They don't want someone who's going to cost like 12 to 13 million. They want to take that 30 million and cut it into like 18 million total and get four to five players. Um, you know, probably four to five is too much, but get three to four. Uh, one of them being a prospect that's close. They're going to try to chop it down that way. Um, you know, a, Maybe a team like the Yankees uh, would make some sense. I'd be curious to see how it could go. Um, I mean, I, the one thing I'll say is where Cleveland can get involved. And I spent some time looking at this tonight. It'd be interesting to see. Like, I can't find a perfect deal yet, so I'll spend some time this offseason on this. A three-teamer, where like let's say Cleveland is getting a less. <coughs> Excuse me. Cleveland is getting an outfielder. But trading a pitcher to like Seattle and Seattle is doing a whole package to get Soto um, to improve their offense, like finding that three team deal where Cleveland might be more the grease than the receiver, but that they find a way to use some of that depth to consolidate into one player. Um, so that's the thing I would look at. But yeah, uh, big takeaway San Diego's in trouble. They've got to do some things. Part of me would love to do a lesser trade with them that isn't involving major league talent, if not consolidating. Uh, if, if they need depth, trading some Cleveland's depth, trading some infield depth so they have a better bench, trading outfield depth. I, Cleveland may not have a ton, but if, like, San Diego likes straw, I know, I know. They like Oscar Gonzalez. Anything like that, I would, you know, Quan is the only guy you're you're going to get precious about. Everyone else, it's like, if I can trade two or three guys and get even lesser pieces like Graham Pauly and Jacob Marksy, uh, open up your 40-man a little and kick some pieces down the road, I do that. If they can do the Carlos... Vargas-Ross Carver deal from a year ago and get a Marksy, get a Polly. I'm jumping. Um, So yeah, Padres in trouble. Still might be some rooms for trade. TV money is a huge, huge issue and maybe the biggest issue in baseball because teams are losing tens of millions of dollars and that's what caused this. So um, my old friend Jim Bowden uh, over at The Athletic uh, released a piece and the whole piece, you know, it's 40 names and it's fine. But it's just like, hey, this team needs an outfielder. Let's list them. Or, you know, for instance, Cleveland was listed as a team for J.D. Martinez. Can we say again, like J.D. Martinez is essentially a DH now. (laughs) You've got Naylor. You've got Manzardo on the horizon. This is not a team that's going to need a DH. Like Josh Bell a year ago, uh, when they got Manzardo, they moved on er, because there's just no point in that role. Because when you got Manzardo and you got uh, Naylor and you got the other Naylor, and you got Jose Ramirez. Those guys are going to split some time with that DH position. And first base is also going to get filled with Manzardo and Naylor. So they, they can't really go there. <laughs> Jess Winkers has had two really bad years. Would, I, he would be interesting as a camp invite. I'm just going to say that. It, I. We know they liked him in the past. I think he's kind of one of those names that's kind of interesting. But if you go over to, to spot rack, which is hit or miss, let's be honest, but you're looking at the expectation of salary. So, if I'm just trying to find guys who are expected to make under 15 million, is if I mean, uh, Chuck Peterson's right about 15 million, but after his words about Cleveland, I don't see him coming here. Michael Conforto at 16 million is just shocking to me. Um, I think he'll take his $18 million player option. Uh, He was not very good a year ago. And there's been, you know, injuries and everything else. So, I think he probably stays. Uh, I'll be curious. I don't think the Cubs or the Brewers keep um, Kaneha at 11.5. You know, he has been a, a useful player. I know people are going to talk about Brantley. Um, it, let let's just be honest with Brantley. He's not really an outfielder anymore either. Like he is, we're kind of at the DH point with him. He is a guy who he's older, and as much as you know, he can probably still hit even at 36. He'll turn 37 in May. Uh, the last two years have been. I'm sorry. This past year was 15 games, and it's just an an issue with health. He had health issues in the past with Cleveland, and it you know in 23 it was a 96 way runs created plus. Before that, it was solid though. The defensive value has been poor. So, as much as on paper I like the idea of Brandley, just he he's he's JD Martinez, but more hit tool, less power. You know, Max Kepler, uh, he, he always looks great against Cleveland. I think they probably pick up his a- his option. Uh, Adam Duvall has always performed well at every stop. And as a right-handed bat, I know he's 35, but he's played like center. He's a better athlete, and you think he is someone I'd be kind of intrigued by. Uh, Tommy Pham had a nice rebound year, but he's also 35. I, I, I'm, I'm not as sold on that. I'd rather go for Duvall than him. And as I just go further down the list, Lourdes Gurialis, probably, if you were going to talk me into a free agent, this team might chase, it probably be him. He, you know, he, He's had some solid defensive moments. He's probably going to be kind of that tier two free agent. He's worth three war this year. Um, yeah, let me pull up his, over the course of his career, like just looking at uh, I'm in baseball reference, he'll so go OPS plus. It's always been above 100. He's always been above a league average bat. He did turn 30 this year, um, in October, just recently. But could you get him at two to three years at you know similar to the Josh Bell contract, maybe? Um, if so, that might be the value play. Uh, the one thing I will say is part of the reason he was in that var show deal, nervous about how the Wi-Fi is representing itself up there. Um, is because a year ago he hit five home runs. Twenty-two, twenty-four this year, twenty-one and twenty twenty-one, but um, this past year, or in 2022, just the five home runs. But he is, he's at least worth checking out and considering. If I do one last check, do his Savant page, just to see what the defensive scores are there uh, before we head into our next break. Well, here's what's going to happen. We're going to head into that break, and then uh, you will get those defensive scores on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. Remind everyone, check out Series XM for all your baseball needs. Uh, he's he's a strong defender. So, this is what's 30 years old. Good defense. And that's the thing with Teoscar. His defensive values haven't often been great, as I recall, even though he can run. But outs above average, 73rd percentile. Arm value, 89th percentile. Arm strength, 77th. Not the best in terms of running, 41%. Right handed bat. I know people look at Teoscar and. and you know, he, he is the higher ceiling bat and, and he's been the more consistent bat, but Lord is is probably the free agent target that makes the most sense at his age with the expected costs. But at the same time, his cost may go up because it was a good year and a good team. And he did what you want to see, right? Like he was, he did what he needed to do in a walk year to make himself some money, get himself on the radar. And I'm not the only one out there who is going to sit back and be like, Oh, Hey, this guy's performance makes him a little underrated because this past year, we all saw it. So Gurriel and Duvall would probably be the guys I would talk about and look at. I will say by defensive run saved, it was Gurriel's best season by far. Past few years were were quite negative. Uh, The other nice thing with him is K percentage is under 20%. Doesn't walk much, but he doesn't strike out a ton, which works for him. Uh, If you're curious, Bat Pip was actually low this year. So his Banning bridge dropping from 290 to 260. Hey, bad, bad, bit more reason to potentially buy in. Uh, sell. So he's already 30. I, I wouldn't go more than three with maybe like a mutual four or, or a vesting four or something like that. But I think he is your underrated free agent to watch. Um, okay, bullpen. So let's talk about Cleveland's bullpen real quick because it came up this week and we didn't talk about it on the show. But some Cubs people were talking about the possibility of Cleveland trading them a reliever on the cheap, uh, specifically henches or, um, and yeah. now it kind of depends like what's on the cheap because Cleveland doesn't trade anything on the cheap. I think we, we know they value and aren't gonna just give a guy away unless they're getting something they value back. And for everyone who's like Tobias Myers, yes, that blew up in their face, but Tobias Myers, his biggest issue was maintaining velocity he came to Cleveland. That's what they do best. It seemed like a good fit at the time. Yeah, it blew up in their face. But they're not going to just give away on who has been a solid reliever for them, consistently a solid reliever for two years. And there is value in that. And he, even though he is 27, he still has team control through 24, 25, and 26. You're talking three years of team control. Uh, so that's, that's excellent. He, he is a pitcher who is, you know, is he a closer? No. But is he fine in that seventh, eighth inning role? Yes. And he's had two years in a row of solid data across the board. His FIP last year was a 262, which is really good. This year, 348. That's still solid. Um, His ERA was about the same both years. His, I was just kind of curious, his K percentage did drop this year a little and his walk rate went up, but he's a solid reliever. I I don't see them just giving him away. I know like the Cubs fan that I talked with was like someone in the like 11 to 20 range. I, I don't know if that's enough for Cleveland who, you know, do have some bullpen issues. And it's going to be interesting how this goes out with them because Classe and Stefan are, are here to say they have the contracts. Sam Hench is, they're not trading him. <laughs> He's only proven lefty. So you can just move on, forget about that. And then it's that next grouping, right? And I would honestly put uh, Classe kind of in between these groups. Or not Classe. De La Santa is closer to that kind of, three tier group and then you have your next group which was sandlin who was great for half the year and then turned into a you know a a trash can on fire eli morgan who had his great first half second half collapse as well 99 who spent more year more of the year in the minors than the majors um so it's like navigating that tier of like who (laughs) hard when you're doing a solo show who are you going to keep and who's going to be in what role with this team in a year? And top three relief prospects, in my opinion, Andrew Walters, who all of a sudden now is getting glowing reports on his slider. Leading up to the draft, it was all, "Hey, this guy's going to have to throw fastballs eighty percent of the time to be effective." Cleveland probably saw it, knew it was coming, and that's why they dropped, got him where they got him. Uh, Walters will be in the big leagues next year, barring injury. Um, Yes, he was their second-round pick last year. I'm calling it now a hot take. He will be in the big leagues next year and be one of the first five players from the 2023 draft to make it to the big leagues. Franco Aleman has better stuff than Walters, but he had big gaps. Um, And by that, I mean, he would go out and pitch and then have like a day off. He could not do like back-to-back. And that could just be, you know, he was a transfer into Florida, and then he switched roles once he got to, to Cleveland as more of a reliever and has has been, you know, plus performer in the, you know, he's really made a name for himself. He was the third of those Florida starters. Uh, Mace was the second rounder. Then he had Leftwich, who was a reliever in college. And then he had Franco Alamon. That list is now reversed in, in order of where they would rank. Uh, Alamon's stuff, I think, is slightly better than Walters. Walters is... I mean, he's just got the command and control you don't worry about. At this point in time, those two are both gonna, I think all you have to add all of them on next year. So both those guys will see time in the big leagues. And, and then Kate Smith, who they're if they don't add him to the 40 man, he's gone. He misses bats at an extreme rate in the minors. Uh, the undrafted University of Hawaii Canadian pitcher pitched in the world baseball classic. So all three arms, which does again open it up where again it what I know if you I didn't state it. All three are righties. So, and we still like Tim Aaron, Tim Aaron, you can go watch the show. He's on here, electric stuff. You know, it can be a little bit up and down. I mean, Kyle Nelson's, I know it wasn't the strongest performance the other day in the world series, but he was, uh, you know, an integral part of that diamondbacks bullpen. Don't give up on lefties of good stuff too early, but right now, you know, with some of those young players rising, I, if you can get a deal for NEL and I, again, yeah, the Cubs, in Cleveland had talks for any de Los Santos last year at the deadline. There were some talks of a trade. Uh, I don't know if you're Cleveland, what you're trying to do, like, could you expand it into something bigger? And at the same time, it's like, you know, what are the Cubs? Sorry, I'm trying to keep these coughs in. What are the Cubs going to have to offer? What could you conceivably try to get in the trade? Cause just look at the Cubs this past year. And, I'm going to have to do one. Sorry, just want to not cough a bunch there. But it, when you look at the Cubs, you know, they do have Ian Happ and say a Suzuki that are, are locked into place. We'll see what happens with their situation involving uh, Cody Bellinger as a free agent. But, you know, this year, Kevin Alcantara, one of their top prospects, got up to the double A level. Owen Cassie, I believe, also got to the double A level. They have a lot of outfield prospects in the upper minors. Pete Coe Armstrong got to the big leagues this year. Uh, if you're looking that they could have an outfield with those two players, you know, Christopher Morel was, was he an all-star for them this year? Um, listen, the hit tool is a question. The K rate is probably not in Cleveland's comfort zone, but what he did in 107 games was a 119 way to runs created plus with 26 home runs. Uh, I'm willing to take a 30% K rate that we should also point out. He is going to have a progression. Uh, but, yeah, th- there's things in there where the one thing you can say, but the Cubs, you know, Mike Talkman end of the year, is their, their center fielder. You know, hopefully for them it'll be Pete Crow. Uh, they do have outfield depth. Unfortunately, it's not proven. Um, and, and you're not going to trade a, a reliever for for out, you know, a proven outfielder anyways. But, yeah, th- there could be something here. I just wanted to point out we know they have talked in the past. They might talk again in the future. I know a lot of people have really liked – Alexander Canario, the uh, who's got some a right-handed uh, or some power with contact issues. He's not really a Cleveland type of guy, but that is just a name that I am sure might come back up again uh, from people who have been, you know, big the guy who in 2022 had a combined 37 home runs in the minors. So there, there is that. Uh, but yeah, just some fun things to talk about, some things to look at. Tomorrow we'll be back to a normal two-person show. Uh, we'll be juggling the fun of, yeah, like I said, we're going to be some more solo shows. So let us know what you like to hear. Do you want some more of the historical stuff when I'm on? Do you want Justin to dig into some of the miners that he saw more of? Always leave your comments, your ideas, your suggestions. Uh, we appreciate the interactions with all of you. Uh, thank you again for joining me. And go, go, Guardians, go.